Listeners, what up? You're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, or a bunch of them, and we're going to spoil that uh, movie or movies, and uh, we'll try not to spoil the recently watched. Um, thank you to the Moon Race for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, you can find the music on iTunes or Amazon if you want to buy it digitally. If you want to say hi to them, hey, just go to Facebook, HTTP forward slash forward slash facebook.com they are the moon dash rays on there if you want to say hi to them and we are chewing the scenery on there on the facebook and uh also on the instagram haven't posted much lately it was busy several weeks yeah i did the oddities and curiosities event last weekend on saturday and did really well met a lot of cool people um, a lot of cool people went by I couldn't meet because the crowd was so thick. It was amazing. So uh, if you have that uh, particular event come to your town, go, go, go. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolien. Hello. We're going to talk about some horror movies because it's October. Yeah. Yes. I don't care when you're listening to this. It's October here now in this room. And uh, we're having a drink and eating some candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not professional critics, duh. <laughs> In fact, we're not professional podcasters either. If you want to pay us to do this, then we will be. Otherwise, this is free and worth every penny. So enjoy it. Um, you can review us, but we don't really care if you don't. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I, I quit trying. Yeah. We're so dumb. We think diegetic is not laxative. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, what have you watched since we did this last, Jolien? Uh, well, I've continued to trawl through Amazon Prime. Nice. Is this the I've, coolest? I've not seen a good movie all week. <laughs> Is this the coolest bunch of crap? <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a joy. <laughs> I, uh, I I only talk about horror movies here, but um, TCM has been having a uh, Rita Hayworth month. Oh so wow! I've been watching some of those. But anyway, uh, as mentioned last week uh, by Will, I saw Island Claws. Oh, right. Which is a giant crab movie from 1980. Yep. I've wanted a good giant crab movie since reading Guy and Smith's Night of the Crabs and uh, all that series he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there hasn't been one there. It's like I can think of half a dozen movies with giant crabs in them. Right. But not where the main... Thing. But you have to put up with other giant crap to get to the giant crabs. Yeah, and so this is the closest we've had. It's like, look, I don't need. And a what giant... did you think of Island Claws? <laughs> well, my my hat is tipped to uh, Hernan Cardenas, and uh, 
so this is this is like uh, written by Jack Cowden and Riku Browning, who wrote Flipper. Oh, okay. <laughs> TV series. <laughs> and Riku Browning, you'll remember as the uh, guy who played the creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. in the swimming scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and this ties into this week because the uh, uh, crustaceans are. Um, uh, engineered to combat world hunger, and of course that goes. Oh yes, wrong. that's true. Uh, there's an accident at the power plant. Company representative is Fred Quimby, which I thought, <laughs> oh, is that? Did they say Fred Quimby? Yes, but it's spelled with an N. Uh, he's played by Arnie Warren, and hmm. and then the water from the power plant is is used in the crab experiments. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love the like Shabadoo theme music. <laughs> yes. And uh, this was from the sixties or seventies. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Oh yeah, you can. You so can spot the seventies. This is basically yeah. Yeah, there's this is like a, there's a kid in a rush T-shirt. Oh wow. Yeah. Twenty one twelve, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. Uh, there's a guy named Amos who lives lives inside a bus and he reads DC War comics. Oh, you could tell what they were. Yeah, so one of them was The Losers. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I wanted to know what he was reading. Yeah, I always have to try and Me see what too. people are reading. And I couldn't make it out. I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, like, the only one I could spot was The Losers. Okay. Uh, Robert Lansing, who played the 4D man in the 50s, and mm-hmm. he's been in a whole bunch of movies. He, he's the hero. He plays a moody, uh, the hard-drinking Irish barkeep. In Florida. <laughs> I know. There's no stereotyping going on Not here. Not at all. No. Uh, I got some of that in one of my movies to talk about too. I yeah. thought he did pretty well. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, uh, and he takes it seriously. Uh, Barry Nelson's in it uh, yeah. as Doctor McNeil. You, uh, and he's he's probably best known for being the first ever on-screen James Bond. Mm. Oh, okay. He was in the uh, Casino Royale TV film in 1954. Yes, that goes way back. Up against Peter Lorre. Okay. Yeah. Um. Joe McDonald was Dan uh, as Jan. She was in the Octagon and uh, Monsters Revenge. Monsters Revenge. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, uh, John Furious Chuck. I thought oh, he looks a little familiar, and, uh, and I, I thought, oh yeah, he's, he's the guy, the blonde guy from uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Oh. Um, and then uh, there's Martina Denan as Lynn, working in the lab. She's uh, she was in Ghost. Wait, the guy from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two—that was the whiny boyfriend guy. Yeah, the guy who sits at the campfire and he says, yeah. uh, "I don't want to scare you." But... Yeah, and then his skinny doofus friend jumps out in a loincloth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy didn't get killed soon enough. Um, there's a guy named uh, uh, Tony Rigo plays Joe, and he has he has my favorite line, which is, uh, "He wouldn't know a Haitian if one bit him in the ass." <laughs> wow. Uh, Nita Talbot as Rosie. She was in Mannix. Mm, okay. Oh. Uh, I'm afraid to say Manic's around Will because he, he'll I jump out of a leap, car. <laughs> leap out the door. <laughs> uh, there's trouble with the dog who gets killed. Yeah. Um, you knew the poor dog was in for it. Did you notice the uh, when you pull up the uh, the page for this movie on Amazon Prime, they're showing a, a picture of the crab from Mysterious Island? Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh. I did not notice. From, from a good but I've noticed 20 some, years before. <laughs> sometimes you pull up... Uh, You'll pull up a movie and it'll have one poster, and then you'll pull up a movie again and it'll have a different poster. So, or we watched uh, 
we watched something last night and it was like on there three different times with three different posters and three sort of similar uh, synopsis, <laughs> synopsy. Right. Yeah, sometimes you dig around and there's ones that you have to pay for, but then you can find the same movie. Yeah, yeah. Elsewhere, you know, it's part of a double bill or something. Yeah, um, that's how we ended up with one we watched last night, and I'll describe that later. Oh, sure. If you want to continue your... Um, did you watch any others? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Mako Jaws of Death. Oh, with, man. Directed by William Griffey. Uh, he did um, The Sting of Death and... Okay. Well, it was Florida Swamp horror movies ah. in the 70s. Uh, this one stars Richard Jekyll. And uh, and they go into a mermaid bar at one point. Like his girlfriend's at the mermaid oh, bar. Oh, nice. And so I, I, I sent a link to... Uh, Medusa. Uh, yeah, Medusa Eno, who's, yeah. who's, who's an actual actual real mermaid. Yeah. And she she's at the, the rec bar in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, they filmed it at the, at the bar she works at. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. How many of those bars could there be? Two or three? Maybe back in the day, four or five. But Yeah, but this is like a really famous one. It's been a bunch of movies, like Where the Boys Are and yeah. stuff like that. They're at the Mermaid Bar. Yeah. That's where the boys are. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I watched, uh, I watched this really, really awful uh, uh, one called Monster from 1980. Uh, it's got John Carradine in it, and it's like this. It's filmed in Colombia. Uh, it's about Lake Monster. Uh, mm. None of what you're describing sounds good yet. Yeah, but it, it, they've got like a full size monster prop that goes around in the in the lake. So kudos for that. Right. Um, um, explore- what do you think of the giant crab? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, at the end of Iron Claws, they've yeah, yeah they got it full on. I thought it looked really good for yeah, a low budget movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Like according to um, uh, Bill Warren, it's like a TV movie, but I can't find anywhere else that refers to it as a TV movie. Oh, doesn't seem to be one. It doesn't. There's no commercial break. No, it didn't seem to thing. me to be a TV movie. I mean, I guess it didn't. It wasn't particularly bloody or anything. No, didn't someone lose an arm? Mm-hmm. Do you suppose they took the, the the giant prop from Tarantula and just put a shell on it, dressed it up a little? <laughs> no, that's what I suspect. So, what else do you watch? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, the worst movie I saw this week, by far, uh, Children of the Living Dead from two thousand one. Ooh, this is just wretched. Really? Uh, yeah, you know, you know, like John Russo made a couple of Living Dead movies after Night. Yeah. Because so, as we were mentioning it last week, I thought I'd check out some, some more. And uh, so this is a uh, it's credited as directed by Tor Ramsey. Uh, if you want entertaining, <laughs> uh, then go to Homepage of the Dead, which is like this, you know, really good uh, website for all the the Dead series. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone did did a review of this movie and just like slamming it, mm. and then he wrote a reply, and he, he basically uh, it's really funny, but he explains everything that went wrong with it. Oh, excellent! Uh, and it it was taken out of his hands because because basically the uh, uh, the executive producer gave his daughter Karen five hundred thousand dollars to go and make this movie in in, uh, in, in around Pittsburgh. With and pants or not? 
pants. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't sound on the level to me. Oh, okay. You know, he's just giving her $500,000. I'm thinking, is there some pants-off clause in this contract? Hmm. And then, uh, so she, and she got in some other, like, Living Dead alumni, so, she, so like, John Russo's involved, and uh, Bill Hinsman, she made him the uh, director of photography, even though he hadn't done anything in 20 years, and... Um, and she wrote the script and she wouldn't let anyone change a single word of it. Hmm. And she would, she threatened to fire anyone who, who wanted to change it, even though it kind of stank. And, so she's uh, the female Ed Wood? Uh, uh, like Tom Savini's it. Tom Savini is in it for the first 10 minutes or so. Um, <laughs> and like uh, that. But you, you have to read all this. This thing is is really funny. All right, I um, will check this out. Yeah, uh, miserable, horrible, horrible movie. Oh man. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, uh, Legacy of Satan. Legacy of Satan. And this is this links up to another movie I saw this week. Uh, so this is filmed in 1972. Came out in 74. Uh, this is directed by uh, Gerard Damiano. His famous movies are Deep Throat and uh the devil and miss jones okay porn <laughs> yeah but these these this was when this when was big porn. porn was really popular like uh the devil and miss jones was like the number two movie of the year yeah oh my god um people paid for a ticket and sat in a movie theater to watch this <laughs> they uh, couldn't even imagine the internet yeah no like that 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 was on par with like the stuff they did in that uh, Willy Wonka movie where they sent uh, what's his name Tom TV across the airwaves. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's about as realistic as the internet would have sounded to them. Mm. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Mike TV. Mike um, TV. Lisa Christian plays Maya, who's a woman who's chosen to be a satanic cult queen. Um, and she hallucinates, etc., and ends up with this. There's this guy who's given this sword that glows. It kind of looks like a, a kind of cheap lightsaber, and oh wow, fights off the cultists. Um, also got Christina Helm in it. Um, uh, Sandra Peabody, who's in Last House on the Left, is one of the cultists. Hmm. It's great. Like uh, I, I quite enjoyed it for the first few minutes because it was so early seventies, like women with like. You know, massive hair and oh yeah, uh, kind of the Raquel Welch looking hairdos. Yeah, um, but sounds uh, good. Yeah, you know, lots of color gels and stuff like nice. that. But it kind of got dull after a while. Oh. Uh, but anyway, uh, that uh, I mentioned it reminded me of another movie I saw this week, which was a Hereditary. Oh, how was it this year? Have you seen it? No, no, I've wanted to. It's very good. Okay, it's a very good film. Uh, it's directed by Ari Aster. It's his first feature film. Uh, it violates the Barnes limit. It's How long is it? 127 minutes. Oh, that's all right. Um, I wish they'd stuck with the, the mother character. Mm. Um, uh, who's played by Tony Collette. They're, all the cast is really good. It's uh, Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Alex Wolfe, Gabrielle Byrne. Okay. Uh, really good cast. And um, really good photography. Um, it's a lot. It opens on this dollhouse, and then you look into the dollhouse, and it goes into like the live action. And then a lot of the following scenes are shot as if you know that photography 
techniques where you can make <clears throat> life size like a uh, uh Full size things look like they're miniatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like film them from high angles and you Tilt manipulate shifting. the the, mm-hmm. the depth of field mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a dead deer in it. Oh, oh man. man. Uh, there's a dead dog in it. Um, you think they rented them from Dapper Cadaver? <laughs> Dapper Cadaver. Um, Real place, by the way. It's very sober and realistic, like The Exorcist. Uh, but it also shares a kind of fear of women, I think. And it kind of lets itself off the hook at the end. Uh, mm. I don't want to give it away. Yeah. Uh, I've avoided learning anything about it. Yeah, it's sometimes this. very creepy. If Same. I told you the names of two prestige horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, you would know most of the plot and a lot of the scares mm. and the final twist. Oh, so, okay. Uh, okay. You'll know, you'll know what they are. Uh, it's got... Uh, mm, I can't. I can't really say any more about it because it will give away. But um, okay, yeah, I'm. Um, but you really liked it. I thought it was really good. All right. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard a lot of people have liked it. Yeah, and I, I yeah, we, we should we should talk about that some more anyway. Okay. Excellent. Um, let's see. Uh, Beyond Evil, 1980. Uh, this has got music by Pino Donaggio, Did Carry. It's got John Saxon, Linda Day, George. Uh, she gets possessed. And uh, but this is terrible, really crummy. That's another <laughs> one off uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Creature of Destruction, a Larry Buchanan film. It's a remake of uh, the She Creature. Oh, okay. Really bad. Mm, it's, just... <laughs> it's one of his his monsters where it's like ping pong ball eyes and like a mask, and then it's just a diving suit. Oh, <laughs> uh, really boring. And uh, and then I saw a western called Desert Pursuit from 1952. I mentioned that one because it's directed by George Blair, who did the Hypnotic Eye and Spook Chasers, and it's got a a character named Leatherface. Huh? Oh, he, really? He's one of those like older prospectors, oh, okay. motor mouth prospectors, and uh. but his name's Leatherface. I was like, oh, cool. Oh. Um, and then I uh, saw the uh, food film. Oh, good. Food film. So. Do you want to go next, Will? Sure. Uh, I l- left my list at home, so I'm but going you, off memory. You're still on track for 31 for 31? 31 for 31, although last night blew it, so I have to pick up another one. I'll hey, discuss it when I get there. It's the weekend. You can do it on the weekend. Uh, that's our that's our unofficial rule, right? <laughs> the Fog, mm. which uh, I hadn't seen since, a kid, since I was a kid. You mean John Carpenter's The Fog? Yes. Okay. Uh, fantastic. Yeah? I really loved it. Um, I don't think I've seen it in years. Yeah, I remember being sort of disappointed as a child, and all I really remembered was who I thought was Sherry Belafonte, but I'm thinking of another movie role she was in, but, uh, uh. Adrian Barbeau mm. is a, a, uh, DJ, and yeah. I was thinking of Sherry Belafonte from, Steve. from another movie, and, uh, and that's all I could remember, really, and some pirate ghost. But uh, yeah, I can remember falling in love with her when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. It was quite enjoyable. And then we watched Fresh Meat from 2015, maybe. Huh. A New Zealand uh, cannibal crime comedy. <laughs> cannibal crime comedy. Um, some criminals take a house full of people hostage and the people turn out to be cannibals wow um but they're like upper middle class uh huh. in fact they're upper class because uh 
the lady is like a cooking host on TV. It had some clever parts, uh, sort of. Mostly it was kind of dull. I don't recommend it. Um, it was too, pardon my cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, uh, it, it wanted to be funny, but it just, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't funny enough. Just wasn't landing. Then we watched The Stuff, which was another one I hadn't seen in a zillion years mm-hmm. and forgotten most about it, except the kid running around in the grocery store smashing cartons of the stuff. Yeah. That's all I remembered for some reason. Huh. Uh, and that, I believe in that movie was the first time I ever saw a conveyor belt at a grocery store. Oh. Because I don't believe we had those when I was growing up. Oh. That was a pretty <laughs> small town you were in, though. Yeah. Yeah, the conveyor belt, that's been around since, I don't know, 50s, 60s? Good while. So yeah. Did it stand up? Yes, it did. It stood up better than, than I thought. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead is is uh, pretty hilarious. Yeah. Is it? So, uh, is it is uh, his usual guy? Uh, what is the guy's name? I can't think of his name, but he plays a character named uh, Mo. Oh, what is his last name? Yeah, what is it? Rutherford. Mo Rutherford. Mo Rutherford, and yeah. he. Uh, I don't think I have the cast a, on there. He's a. Uh, but uh, here, I'll tell you what. Let's. Uh, did well, you watch the stuff as well? Yes, you I did. liked it. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, I had watched it recently, and. Uh, <clears throat> just did some scene selection on it for this time because okay. it was a pretty recent rewatch. It was within yeah. the last couple months. Uh, Michael Moriarty. That's uh, it. There you go. He's yeah. In, well, he's in and... Yeah. And he's it had like Garrett a... Morris in it, which was interesting. He yeah. Was, he was an S- famous Amos. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've told you guys my famous Amos story, haven't I? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, I'll do that when we get into the stuff uh, officially, but go ahead. Okay. With your list. And then uh, we watched a movie called Larva. Larva. Which led us to believe that it would be more food-related. We tried to make the whole week food-related. Right. Um, it wasn't easy. No, it was uh, It was not uh, good. It was. Uh, I will give the movie half a point for having an interesting, well, a different-looking creature. I won't say interesting because most of the time it looked like an umbrella or maybe a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give them another half point for killing off a kid <laughs> they don't do who is particularly precocious, um, but uh, not not terribly good. Um, then we watched Motel Hell, mm. which uh, I'd seen a long time ago. Yeah. Another thing that all I remembered was people in in the ground with bags over their Mm -hmm. heads Mm -hmm. i really liked rory calhoun in this yeah Yeah. he was very good yeah Uh, he he did a good job so uh yeah i liked motel hell finally sat down and watched it and then we tried to watch one called gnaw oh yeah which is a british film but i don't know it seemed too grimy and too we were expecting some sort of twist at the beginning maybe make it a little funny sort of described sounded like a dark comedy hmm. but gene didn't, wasn't feeling it so we turned it off and watched something called all you can eat buddha <laughs> which was on the list under food and horror yes you can search these things mm-hmm. and uh instead it was a movie about a guy who goes to a resort 
and decides that he's just going to eat whatever he wants. He has diabetes, and he throws all his medicine away, and he starts eating, and his eating transfixes people who start worshiping him. Oh. And it goes from there. It was really interesting film, but at the same time, I have no idea what was going on. <laughs> I don't know what the movie was about. I mean, I could follow the story, but I don't know. Uh, really interesting film. I think uh, I think listeners should watch it. It's not a horror film at all. All You Can Eat mm-hmm. Buddha. All You Can Eat Buddha. Um, it's French and Spanish. Um, I'm not really sure where they are in the Caribbean, but... Um, so, so it's Spanish and French, like Basque. Like, are, are there Basque people in this? No. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't. Maybe. I did not ask any of them. <laughs> they speak either Spanish or French. Oh, okay. So they don't have like a separate thing going on. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Um. Yeah. Interesting film. Uh. But not a horror film. So now I have to pick up something else because. Well. We watched it too late. Now you have Nightmare City and Yes. Nightmare City. What else you got? That's it. That was the list? Oh well no, I watched Night of the Demons on Comet. Yeah. And uh so it was censored. Yeah. Um, Because Comet is like a network. Network, yeah, Yeah. it's network. Well it's it's basic air. Yeah. Or, yeah, that one's like a you could pick it up with a digital in uh, your digital uh-huh. rabbit ears or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Digital rabbit ears. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. I think that's okay. all I watch. I'll I'll do the quick rundown of my list. I think last time I mentioned Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Frankenstein Gray Matter was a short that I watched um, when it was getting close on time, and you know. What was it? Cramming in before midnight. I think was yes. <laughs> the thing that came up last year. Um, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Freddy's real. Uh, two middle fingers straight up on this one. <laughs> what the fuck are you trying to do with the stupid? You didn't like okay, it? Okay, the concept I, of this. I don't remember hating it. Rewatch it then. Okay. I <laughs> dare you to waste your time watching this thing. We got to see his pool. We did. That scene is what I remembered from it. I'm like, oh yeah, Freddy has... Be-. So the basic premise on this is that we we meet um, um, Heather Langenkamp as herself, mm-hmm. even though it's obviously fictionalized. Um, you know, this isn't the, her real kid or her real husband, or if it is her real husband, they're, they're not playing themselves exactly, but it's based on her as a person. The idea is... You know, Heather Langenkamp is playing Heather Langenkamp as the actress who's discovering that Freddie is starting to become real. And then we see Robert Englund show up for like a talk show and he's hamming it up as Freddy Krueger. And she's watching this audience just worshiping him, going completely bananas. And, uh, you know, you could tell that she thinks this isn't quite right. She keeps getting these glimpses of something's up. And it seems like there's some Freddy stuff crossing over into reality. All of this is fine. Like that concept and a couple of those scenes. And then when we meet Wes Craven and he's hanging out by his pool and then he goes in, you know, the two of them walk into his office. That's the scene I remembered. And I thought that was pretty good, wasn't it? 
so I rewatched it and it's like, no, there's about 90% of the movie where it's her fucking kid and he's just the worst. Like yeah. if you edit the kid out of the movie, it's a short about 20 minutes and pretty good, <laughs> but he's not as bad as a kid in the Babadook, okay. but he's pretty overwhelmingly like he's trying to be a cross between Danny and Gage. Mm. Pet Cemetery Gage, uh, The Shining Danny, uh, pre death, yeah, yeah, okay. pre death. Um, but there's like there's this whole like I don't know. Um, he's just sort of like uh, I'm in the dream world, uh, and he's like talking to this little froggy voice, and he's just annoying. And he's through the whole damn movie. And there's so much of the movie revolves around something's wrong, and he's not sleeping, and oh, now we're at the hospital and they don't think she's being a good parent. And then you start wondering if something's up with the babysitter or nanny or whatever she is. The whole thing is just like, okay, this is silly. When we finally, like 50 minutes into the movie, see actual Freddy Krueger, the way he's starting to sort of materialize, he is in a new makeup. So it's a new design of makeup. Mm -hmm. And we knew this. His hat looks like it's brand new off the rack. And he's wearing like a, trench coat his sweater's a little different and he's got leather pants and like uh like goth kid boots on uh and all i could think of is this episode of friends where uh do you ever see the one where they all make these like resolutions to do something different about themselves personally no okay chandler's always teasing people and making fun of them so he he resolves to not do that anymore and there might have been a bet at stake here maybe it was just a bet Ross makes a resolution to do something different than he would normally do each day. And one of these things is he buys some new clothes and he's got leather pants and this blousy shirt on. (laughs) And Chandler can barely contain himself. He's like, Ross is wearing leather pants. Ross is wearing leather pants. Isn't anybody going to say anything? And that's all I could think of when Freddie comes leaping out. And I'm like, is he wearing leather pants? (laughs) What kind of shoes does Freddie normally wear? I'm guessing they're just some Whitman shoes. Do they just yeah. work boots? Sperry top Converse. <laughs> yeah. Chuck Taylors. What is this man wearing? Not Converse All Stars. Converse One Stars. Yeah. Hush, hush puppies. Yeah. Birkenstocks and black socks. What is he wearing? <laughs> I can't picture Freddie's feet. You know? Can you can you picture Chucky's feet? Of course. There you go. So I always picture Chucky's feet. <laughs> They're, you know they're making a new child's play I saw and it has that. nothing to do with Chucky. Oh Jesus. Really? Yes. Uh. It's about a robot toy. That's got AI and it <laughs> oh, becomes a killer. No, but it has nothing to do with Chucky. Okay. I'll take Freddie with the leather pants instead. I, you convinced me. This, right. this is okay. This is actually okay. <laughs> Trench coat, leather pants, brand new hat, the, the Trent Reznor boots. Everything's fine. Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, let's see. That didn't go there. Um, Vampire's Kiss starring Nicolas oh, Cage. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Watch this one. Uh, he's rocking work, the leather jacket, isn't he? He is. And he's got this spectacular hairdo. Uh, he, I don't know what his accent is supposed to be. I don't know if he knows what it's supposed to be. It's somewhere between... Uh, drama club kid that doesn't know how to do an English accent and a valley surfer dude kind of thing. <laughs> also from a drama club kid that doesn't know how to do it. I don't know what's going on here, but it is hilarious. It's just nonstop Nicholas Cage on 10. 
before we knew he could take it up to 15. Um, Exorcist 3, The Heretic. Uh, that is actually a lot better than I would have thought or dared to remember. I remembered nothing of this. And I went, oh, that's right. Uh, George C. Scott is in this. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's actually really good. Um, the Room at the Top of the Stairs was a short. Um, crammed it in before midnight. Uh, that's a 2010. The Room. Yeah, this is uh, from Tasmania, if I'm not mistaken. The Room at the Top of the Stairs. This is on Shutter, 2010. It's a good short. I, I recommend yeah. watching it. Uh, it's about a girl who goes to be uh, roommates with some other girls in this house. And I think they're all college students. Um, and there seems to be some sort of uh, weird um, identity shift problem, okay. maybe mental problem. You um, seen this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And you enjoyed it as yep. well? Uh, Return of the Living Dead. I think um, that one was important to watch for last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So these are out of order. Uh, um, the uh, 1990 Night of the Living Dead is coming out again on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. For Halloween. Yeah. I will watch that one anytime. They, they did a good job on that. Yeah. Um, the Collection. This was on uh, Netflix. Mm. Didn't like it. Mm. I don't know if either of you saw it. No. Mm. Um, it's the worst of Saw and um, Hostel and other just... Over torture the, porn over over the top um, mechanically induced torture porn it's just i'm not sure i understand what the hell the motivation maybe you're not supposed to understand the motivation of the bad guy but um i'm not sure what he's doing or maybe it doesn't matter why he's doing it i don't even know what he's doing <laughs> uh, and, and i'm not Good movie and i'm not sure to whom for well, all it matters there's a collection of some sort going on yeah, exactly. Like, what is the collection? It's a collection of people stuffed into uh, uh, steamer trunks. Um, hmm. I don't know why. Annabelle oh, uh, yeah. from 2014. Better than I would have guessed. Um, Do you see her feet? Yes. All right. And not as adorable it? as Chucky's. Damn it. I liked uh, this Annabelle 2 better. Annabelle 2, uh, creation. I'll, hmm. I'll have to watch this because this one... Almost worked, but not quite for me. Um, they leaned a little too heavily on some things they didn't need to, as far as I thought. Uh, the doll is hideous. I don't know any doll collector that would want to collect right. that. That's a horror movie doll. Aside, yeah, aside from the yeah. fact that it's, that it's rare, what doll company would have made this hideous yeah. doll? Yeah. And not even hideous in a cool way. Hideous in a like, oh God, it's really like a Mrs. Beasley homely piece of crap. Like, oh well. Uh, so there's that. Um, but I did, I did think it. Like, if someone goes, "Oh yeah, here's this thing. You want to watch this?" I'd be like, "Nope, no thanks. It's just another thing that they grunted and pooped out, and we're expected to think it's horror, and it's not." But no, it actually had a lot more to it than I would have guessed. Huh. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Now this one was this a food one? It, it was my first attempt. I had to stop the movie. Have you never seen this? Richard, uh, Richard slammed down his night. I did. Now, here's the thing. I saw, I think, <laughs> most of it or bits and pieces of it, maybe when I didn't care. And maybe when I was 
less aware of how stupid and how racist this movie was. Oh, man. The Japanese guy shows up and everything he says is in an overdubbed voice and his mouth doesn't move with it. And that's pretty bad. And then they get the meanings of the meanings of words wrong. Um, He says something and uh, and it and it is. uh, uh, Well, that's because all tomatoes are fags. And then the translator friend guy goes, he means fruits. Oh, very good. That's, that's clever. And then some other guy says something about, oh, be sure and tell your friend to uh, bring a jacket because there's a Jap in the air. Um, he means a nip. For fuck's sake. Oh. I mean, it's just on its sleeve right there for you in case you were wondering. But yeah, I don't the, remember any of that. Okay, but the movie is so stupid prior to that. It's trying to be airplane or something. Yeah, yeah and funny. failing miserably. <laughs> and it's not particularly funny when it's at its funniest. And the rest of the time, it's just unfunny and bad. And I thought, oh, it's a bad movie. Maybe it knows it's bad, like Toxic Avenger. It's not even. It's not even trauma level. Yeah. At all. There were like three or four of these in there. Yeah, there were. And I got through, I want to say about half an hour of this. <laughs> and I just went a little bit longer after the racist, weird, homophobic crap. And I'm mm. like, you know what? This was made in 78 or 79. Um, maybe they were that tone deaf or maybe they were that thoughtless. But that aside, I couldn't have gotten through it anyway. <laughs> that was just a contributing factor in saying, all right, enough. I'm going to watch this stuff. So the stuff. Right. (laughs) The stuff. So we're both on team stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Jolene, what did you watch for the food-related horror? Um, Well, I thought about Motel Hell, and and then I thought uh, Quite MS2. Oh. What food-related happens there? uh, There's this special food being made at this plant. As, as he as he investigates the conspiracy, uh, uh, this is like if you're not familiar with the Quite Mass series, it's like I'm not. Uh, so Nigel Neal wrote this series back in the fifties, and it was made as TV series. This was so popular that that publicans complained it was just empty pubs when it was on TV. Oh wow, oh, man. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so it, Professor Quite Mass. Is he works at this uh, uh, space? Uh, I forget what it's called exactly, but it's a space program yeah. institute, and um, uh, so very. So, so each series, there'd there be something extraordinary happens. This is really proto X Files, like, uh, and uh, Doctor Who is very much a kind of children's version of. Oh, okay. Quite mass, but the, these are really smart science fiction horror. Um, so the first one's the Quatermass experiment where a guy comes back from space and he's infected with something. Okay. Huh. And then uh, Quatermass 2 <clears throat> is a special... F- uh, it, there's something going on. There's a big cover-up. Uh, and as he investigates it, he realises there's this something... There's some special food being made. And he investigates for it actually is, and it, uh, it turns out to be something else, mm. like even worse... <laughs> Uh, it's I, I, people I won't give it away but uh, I thought yeah it doesn't the food isn't the <clears throat> threat so I, I went okay. with uh, Food of the Gods yeah from 1976 which I, I saw when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I yeah, watched it too. again and uh, we got through most of it 
and uh, then we just had to stop watching it. Oh no! <laughs> what happened? Well, basically, it turns into a giant rat movie, mm. and oh. uh, so they were uh, for when when the heroes were, like uh, shooting the giant rats. I think what they were doing is firing red pellets at the rats, mm. and there's obviously some impact going on. And yeah, it's like blood sort of effect goes off, uh, but the rat gets flung back, and then towards the end, this, uh, they're they're besieged at this place, and uh, there's rats all over the place, and they're just blazing away at them, and more and more rats are just getting you know, yeah, you know, pretend shot, but they're actually getting like thrown around. And then, uh, uh, and then the climax is, uh, yeah, he blows up this dam, which is about ten feet tall, but it manages to flood the entire island, you know, uphill and downhill. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, as if it was like a hundred, you know, you know, hundred foot high waves coming across and washing away all the rats. And it, and it is just like, oh, they're actually drowning rats doing the mm. scene. It's like, oh, we don't want to see this. So I mean, uh, even though they're rats, that is animal cruelty. Yeah, we ducked out of it. Um, but anyway. Um, uh, Food to the Gods, 1976, directed by Bert I. Gordon. Oh boy, you know why he put the I in there? <laughs> why? So his B I G Bert oh. I. Gordon, big. Oh. He did a lot of big thing movies. Oh. I almost watched. Uh, oh, what is the one? He does another one, Land of the Giants or something. Yeah, Village of the Giants. Village of the Giants, that's it. Which is also There's based some, off Food of the Gods. Yeah, some kids eat some stuff and they yeah. grow big. Yeah, goo. Goo, yes. Made by a young <laughs> Ron Howard. Right. Uh, Opie. Opie. Yeah, so but his, I think his best one is The Amazing Colossal Man. That is probably his best one. Um, uh, he did Attack of the Puppet People. and. Uh-huh. Uh, the Cyclops, War of the Colossal Beasts. War of the Colossal Beast isn't too, too bad. So it's the exact same level of special effects 20 years later. Man, they were unconvincing. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the, like the full-scale like uh, uh, rat heads they have in this mm-hmm. uh, are pretty well done. Uh, I saw a, a mention that Rick Baker might have worked on some of those. Oh, okay. But uh, basically it's a like terrible mat work yeah and and miniature buildings just yeah we almost watched this because it was another food one yeah and then it occurred to me before you guys picked me up um i could have watched movies about poisoners oh yeah you know arsenic and old lace that would, yes, that would exactly. work because that would work i mean that's a fear of food flowers in the attic <laughs> is that a fear of food <laughs> it's a fear of a, or bad... a love of incest <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's more that than anything. Yeah. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen or read that yet. Oops. Every girl in seventh and eighth grade was reading that. Oh back yeah. In every the day. every girl's read that book. What the hell? And now they pass it around amongst themselves. Yeah, that and some Judy Bloom. Yeah. <clears throat> ah. So uh, you both had better luck finding food-related movies than I did. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I didn't get through this one. So. Oh. Well, we got through most of it. So it so defeated it you. It. Yeah, I just didn't want to watch actual animals getting yeah. killed. Yeah. But the, I, I've been rereading the, the novel. Like, uh, every idea this movie has comes from the first 48 pages. Oh, okay. Of this novel. And then the... Then the so this novel's in, like, three parts. And the middle part is, like, uh, The Village of the Giants. 
Okay. Um, so, so basically, uh, uh, it, in the novel, it's a couple of scientists who come up with something. They initially exclaim it's the food of the gods, but then they quickly call it something they think is more respectable. They call it um, Heracleophobia, which is the food of Her- Hercules. Oh, okay. Um, and in later, uh, the, when the press picks it up, it's called Boom Food. Boom food, but it, it but it's set in uh, where I grew up, like around Kent. So it, it, oh. it mentions like towns I lived in and Neat. stuff like that. And, you know, um, so it, it's fun to read about. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like so you have like giant wasps and giant rats and. Uh, I remember you know, reading it when I was a kid. I read a bunch of yeah. H.G. Wells. I loved his stuff. Right, I really like. Island of Doctor Moreau. Oh yeah, I think yeah. That was probably my favorite. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, and, and the super accurate uh, adaptation with um, <laughs> with Marlon Brando. Mar- yeah, I was good. Val s- Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer. <laughs> well, he he lived to see uh, Island of Lost Souls. Oh and yeah. And he didn't like that. So God knows what he would have thought of this one. Oh man. Uh, um, yeah. So this stars uh, Marjo Gortner. The the kid preacher. Yeah, he was a. So he was, he was the son of a Pentecostal preachers, and they wanted yeah. him to become a preacher too. So from when he was a little kid, they were coaching him and like yeah. and that, basically doing waterboarding on him to wow. force him into, you know, and, and, you know, coaching his performances and things. Yeah, because he, he was like, like uh, he had his black belt in, in, uh, in preaching by the time he was four years old oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. He was so, like super, like... Uh, they, I don't know if they did tent revivals or what their kind yeah, of deal like, was. Yeah, the country. Yeah, but they, yeah, they were on tour like all yeah. the time and probably so, scamming a lot of people out of a lot of money. His first movie was a movie about him called Marjo, oh, 1972. Hmm. And then he was also in Earthquake and Star Crash. And uh, he's so 70s, he was in Viva Knievel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. <laughs> Viva uh, Knievel. I think I first saw him in Mausoleum where he gets his, his chest eaten off by these breasts with teeth mm, wow have you seen that one what no yeah you would tend to remember something like that yeah uh and it's also got pamela franklin in it uh i think it's her last movie she was in the innocence when she was a kid hmm. uh the nanny necromancy the legend of hell house wow uh satan's school for girls oh, yeah okay. yeah and manix Full and Mannix, another Mannix connection. <laughs> Full circle to John Carradine on that one, too, uh, from earlier. Right. Because no. he um, was in that one, the School for Girls. Was he? Yeah. Wasn't he? Was he? Am I, am I thinking of the other one? When we did oh, our... he was Devil's, in Satan's Cheerleaders. Satan's oh, Satan's Cheerleader. Cheerleaders. Not the school, but the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders. Yeah. Different Section, school. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're with the team. Yes. God, I get this uh, stuff wrong sometimes. And this has also got uh, Ralph Meeker in it as this hateful businessman who's trying to exploit this miracle food and in the in the film it's just this custard that bubbles out the earth and makes things grow and it's so dumbed down it's not it's nothing like the a custard novel, that really. bubbles out of the earth yeah huh? so sounds familiar he's trying yeah. to scoop it all up he, you know ralph meeker from uh, kiss me deadly and oh okay i know the name i can't the night stalk. yeah he's the he's the the hero as it were Quote unquote in Kiss yeah. Me Deadly. Okay. Have you seen Kiss Me Deadly? Yeah. No. Fantastic. You should watch Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to put that on my list. It's yeah. a good one. It's not just a Lita Ford song. No. <laughs> um, and Arda Lupino in it. Oh, really? Yeah. She, so she's, she's um, 
Do you know Ida Lupino? I know the name. She was a director, producer, actor. Uh, she did, did this film noir called The, the Hitchhiker. She, the she Hitchhiker. directed it. Mm. It's really good. Brilliant. Yeah. From 1953. She directed some episodes of uh, Thriller, some of the best ones of that. Oh, okay. Um, and Twilight Zone. That's mm. why I know the name. And she was yeah. also she also starred in some episodes. Okay. Yeah. But she was also in uh, Late Drive by Night and High Sierra. And, was she, was mm-hmm. she in the one that had like the little flying saucer in her house? She was kind of a hillbilly? Mm. I don't remember. Mm. I, I can't remember Twilight Zone. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, she was in The Devil's Reign. Um, anyway, um, yeah, the sequel to this is called Nor, Food of the Gods, <laughs> from 1999, which I've not Noor. seen and I'm not tempted to see. Uh, so, the, yeah, the, the book came out in 1904. Um, and then, uh, so there's also uh, Burt Gordon used this for uh, Village of the Giants in 1965. Burt I. Gordon? Burt I. Gordon, I. Gordon. Okay, the just, IG. Okay, just checking. Uh, Village of the Giants has got Tony Basil in it, Bo Bridges, <laughs> Tommy Kirk. Bo Bridges, yep, Tommy um, Kirk. Tony Basil also in Rockula. And then uh, Burt I. Gordon also made this film in 1957 about giant locusts who uh, who uh, have eaten radioactively uh, you know treated food yes it, yes beginning of the end beginning of the end yeah Gilligan, so, yeah, Gilligan so did it first there he plunders it plunders food of the gods yet again and then he and then he raided H.G. Wells again uh, in 1977 he did Empire of the Ants mm. which mm. stars Robert Lansing from Island Claws Oh, trying to get it right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, so this starts off like goofy fun seventies, lots of plaid and uh, nice <laughs> island location off the northwest coast, and uh, uh, and it's got like a recognizable cast and, and it's really goofy. But then by the end of it, we're just like sick of all the animal abuse, all the and, ra- animal abuse. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you've got like. Uh, Marjorie Gorton are fighting, fighting a giant chicken about 10 minutes in. That's about the oh, most man. entertaining bit. Ida Lupino fighting giant maggots. Oh. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a shame about that. Um, so we, we kind of hated it. Oh. <laughs> so would you rather fight 100 chicken-sized kid preachers or one kid preacher-sized chicken? Hmm. Good question. I think I'd take my chance with a kid preacher-sized chicken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He does pretty well with a pitchfork. Oh, good. <laughs> More animal cruelty. Oh, that's horrifying. But at least it's a giant, <clears throat> giant rubber chicken. It's not a real chicken he's, he's whacking at. So, yeah. was it rock and roll nightmare levels of rubber punch-outs? Uh, they're pretty good dummies. Okay. Pretty good-looking because that Satan dummy in in Rock and Roll Nightmare was <laughs> oh no, it's better than that, yeah. Second to none. And then those starfish that were sticking to him, he was fighting. He was trying to pull the starfish off. Oh man! I um, you lent me uh, uh, the new issue of Rue Morgue. Yeah. Which is like not the Living Dead special. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I finished <clears throat> reading that, so thank you very much for that. You're welcome. But I, I noticed in the uh, comics review section. Uh, They've got oh, ter- Tales from the Crypt. How did, how did I flip past that's, that? That's my artwork there. Oh, my God. You're in Rumorg. Tales from the Crypt. What page? Get, get that back. Uh, let's see. It's in the comics review section, which is Blood in Four Colors, and page 75. Oh, cool. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. 
Ah, that's well. Of course, I, I hadn't gotten the chance to really sit with this issue and read every page, so I guess that's how I missed it. Um, so was that for your food horror? Yeah, yeah. Um, recommendations on those? No, no, nope. Uh, yeah, I see hate raps. <clears throat> I'm gonna go back and watch uh, Quiet Mess. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna watch some of those. I've got to see something good because I've watched just crap all week. Where are they yeah. available? Uh, I've got one DVD, oh, but okay. you, you can see the TV series on YouTube, I think. Okay. Mm, okay. Well, the originals of that, um, you know, what episodes remain. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll lend you the DVDs because they're really good. Okay. It's, yeah. it's Quite a Mass Experiment, Quite a Mass 2, and then Quite a Mass in the Pit. Okay. Mm. Really good. So speaking of custards bubbling from the ground, <clears throat> Will and I both landed on watching The Stuff, 1985. Yeah. Yeah. So this and you one. You had seen this before? Um, I had never seen this before, like three months ago when I watched it. And uh, I think I watched it on Shutter when it was still available there. It's not currently. <clears throat> I think I had to watch it on Amazon. It wasn't available on Prime or some VOD. Oh, I got it on Prime. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I must so. have. I must have searched incorrectly. Um, so this one, basically, some railroad, railroad workers find white stuff bubbling out of the ground. A lot of people say it looks like yogurt. I think it looks like marshmallow fluff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or melty ice cream. Uh, <laughs> so this substance apparently is really delicious, sweet, uh, and uh, has no calories whatsoever. So it's it's uh, d- destroying sales of ice cream across the board, I guess. Yeah. And other junk foods. Everyone is, and because it's addictive, everyone's addicted to it. Yeah. And they've got flashy commercials. Yeah, the commercials are funny. Aren't they? Yeah, the f- commercials are very of of that time yeah. and very flashy. Uh, if you ever saw like Shasta soda commercials back then, yeah, um, any of that kind of thing, it's, it, it's right along those lines. Like any shampoo, any food, I mean, they all have the same kind of flashy commercials. Yeah. Um, so this is getting excellent uh, distribution and everyone's addicted to it. Um, so people are getting suspicious about it. Uh, Will, you want to kind of go from there with the, sure, the we're, saboteur? We're introduced uh, to a saboteur, as I mentioned earlier, Mo Ruth- Rutherford. Yes. Who's uh, like a young Bill Clinton. Yeah. A former FBI agent. He comes in. He's hired by some people who want to know what their rival companies and they want to know what is in the stuff. Yeah. This is big ice cream. Big ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they want to know what's up. And so he starts, uh, looking into it Mm -hmm. and meets a, uh, he meets the lady who did the head of marketing. Mm -hmm. who's also running the commercials, which I thought was a little strange, but whatever. (laughs) Right. Uh, and, uh, she agrees to take him to the plant so they can s- try to get a sample of the stuff. Although nobody can... Uh, Just buy a container and open they it? They buy it, but they want to go and see how it's made. And they want to see what oh. the ingredients are. Okay. Because they can't... The FDA passed it, and then everybody who passed it retired. <laughs> and uh, Because they got suddenly rich. <laughs> yeah. And then <clears throat> along the way, he meets a kid who also does not trust the stuff after he sees it moving in the fridge one night uh-huh and uh 
And they're f- the, the parents are trying to force him to eat it. Yeah, the parents want him to eat it, yeah. What does he use? Is shaving cream? That he yeah, uses? shaving cream. So he's going to substitute something. So he, he's like, oh, look, I'm eating it. Mm, it's so good. Yeah, I remember him. He was okay, wasn't he? He wasn't like a, a repulsive. Friend. No, he was, pretty, he, was, he was a pretty. He was a pretty good he's, kid. He's pretty yeah, bearable. and pretty at bearable. the end, they're yeah. like, "He's like, I'm not a kid anymore," because mm. he saw some awful stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, that'll grow you up real quick. Yeah, yeah. So no, he he was a pretty good actor. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he went on to do much. I would have to look him up. Um, and they um they get uh, chocolate chip Charlie on the case too. Yes, <laughs> which is uh, Garrett Morris, who is an SNL alum. Uh, for any of our younger listeners, if there are any, um, two broke girls. Uh, he's he's the old guy that's kind of the maitre d and or DJ in the diner. Uh, I don't know. Never, never watched. Never, never seen the show. Well, it's got Garrett Morris in it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, he's clearly based on Famous Amos. Yes. Uh, who, and here's where a little sidebar for you to tell my story. Um, I lived in Kailua, Hawaii for about four and a half, five years. And, um, when I first moved there, I worked in a little copy shop, a little print shop called Island Printing Centers. And, um, this guy came in and he looked familiar, but I figured "Ah, I'd maybe just seen him around town. And, uh, I would help him once in a while, you know, make copies or pick up some printing or whatever. And uh, he came in one Friday and the store was closed on the weekends completely. Like a lot of print shops are not open on Saturday or Sunday. And uh, he came in on a Friday, like 15, 20 minutes before closing. And he said he had his daughter with him and he said, we have this school project. Um, We have to make all of these animals sized on this chart. And they had all these pictures torn out of magazines of all these different animals and they were all the wrong size and they had to be like a giraffe had to be this many feet tall and everything had to be like to scale to each other. And he's like, I don't know how we're going to do this. This is terrible. And they have to be in color. And I said, okay, I'm the guy who runs the color copier. Cause that's, you know, a very special set of skills you have to have. Right. And I had brought with me my proportion scale, calculator thing oh the two the wheel yeah the two little wheels yeah. that you spin one yeah and for the listeners uh and i know this is super exciting you basically <laughs> you you choose on this little scale the size of the thing that that there is and then the size that you want it to be and when you line those two things up inside this little window that it's when you spin it tells you what percent to enlarge or reduce that picture so Doing that, I said, okay, read off the measurement of how big it is. Tell me how big you want it to be. And so they've got this chart and they're just reading measurements off and I'm writing things on post-it notes. And I get this all done before we closed. I don't even think we had to stay past five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever it was. And this guy was like super thankful. His daughter couldn't believe we got it all done. Everything looks super. They were just going to cut them out and glue them to the page and get this project done by Monday. Like everybody does wait till the last minute, right? Uh, He comes back on Monday or two. I think it was Tuesday because they had Monday and the project was turned in and got a good grade. Uh, He came in and said, listen, we couldn't have done it without you. That was great. You're such a big help. Uh, You know, I wrote a comment card for your boss uh, and and I made you these. And he gave me this little container of cookies. And there were just these little nugget sized chocolate chip cookies and this was famous Amos yeah. himself. Now he got ripped off and duped and 
had sold his brand. So the cookies that we all knew from the little bags, um, they weren't his original recipe, really. Um, it was kind of based on it loosely. But he was, um, he was not treated well in the deal. Um, he got shafted. And he's gone on to do a lot of different things. He's a keynote speaker. He's had other projects he's worked on and some books that he's written. And he's just moved on with his life and he's a happy person. But it was really weird to know that famous Amos baked me a batch of cookies in his <laughs> oven at home and then brought them to me. It was just weird. Because wow. I said, oh, I know who you are. And he said, well... You know, that product that you that you've seen or that you've eaten, it's not the it's not right. It's not the real thing. This is the real thing. And it, they were really good. Mm. So uh, he would come in once in a while and, you know, we were just really great to each other as as, um, you know, copy shop guy and customer. You know, and I'd see him around town and say hi. He drove a pickup truck around town that was just a beat up old piece of crap. And he had painted big slices of watermelon all over it. And he's just like, you know what, this these stereotypes and these stigmas are not good. He goes, watermelon's delicious. If you're a black person, you should be able to eat watermelon and not worry about it. So that was like something he wrote about in one of his books. Yeah. yeah. And he, it was called Watermelon Seed Magic, if I remember right. And uh, and he would just drive this truck around town. It was like an old Toyota beat up pickup. Hmm. <laughs> and it was just like, well, there's no mistaking that's his car. <laughs> it was, you know, how every town has a couple of art cars. That was one of them. Anyway, so that's um, that's my famous Amos story. Oh, okay. So uh, chocolate chip Charlie, uh, loosely based on famous Amos, but yeah. not, but uh, not far off the mark. If you're just looking for like, oh, we didn't want to pay him, and we wanted to fictionalize him. Yeah. Um, it's figured out by a small handful of people that this stuff is sentient. Mm. Um, it's definitely mind controlling people somehow and it's very addictive. Yeah. And so, um, not a good scene. The kid recognizes it, but by then, you know, the, the parents are being kind of hollowed out and they turn, yeah. they turn into a zombie. Then they just sort of fold in on themselves or something. They, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. It likes eats all your insides. Yeah. And it leaves you a shell. Yeah. So it's, it's, um. It's pretty gross. The effects look pretty good, though. Yeah, when Garrett Morris blows up, that's uh, that was quite something. <laughs> yeah, so the little boy's named Jason. Um, he he was vandalizing the supermarket, and that's when he kind of paired off with uh, Mo Rutherford. Yeah, and they went on their adventure. So the small town they went to um, was supposed to be the headquarters, mm -hmm. and they didn't find much there, did they? No. Well, and they wouldn't let him see where they mixed the ingredients because they were just pumping it they out. They were the just pumping it out of the ground. <laughs> it was kind of like a Soylent Green scene where, they, where he's just like goes in there and hitches a ride on the truck. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of like, yeah, they borrowed just a little mm. bit from Soylent Green. Not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't made of people. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, he visits the head of the um, the stuff company, Mr. Fletcher, and um, he he said that uh, he tells Mo that the destruction of the mine has not hurt his business since the stuff seeps out from many places in the ground, but Mo vows to find these places and get rid of them. So um, when it comes down to it, um, they just mix up a new version of the stuff. Yeah, called they uh, were going to mix it up without 
as much stuff in it. So it was only addictive and not mind controlling. 88% ice cream, 12% stuff. Yeah. And it was going to be called The Taste. The Taste. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Rutherford asks pointedly, are you eating it or is it eating you? So, um, yeah, he, he forces, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Uh, Mo brings in pint containers of the stuff and, and forces all the board members to eat this stuff, uh, at, at gunpoint, if, if I remember all right. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So doesn't the kid have a gun? I think the kid does have a gun on him. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, the film ends with smugglers selling like full strength stuff on the black market. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, uh, enough is never enough. <laughs> this, enough is never enough. That's the famous line from this woman. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, <clears throat> there's a lot about, uh, how this was handled by the, by the, uh, releasing company and everything, but, uh, just the film itself was better than I would have expected. Yeah. It was really entertaining. I remembered it being really entertaining, but... Yeah. But you're trusting your young self. Yeah, and honestly, all I could... When I rewatched it, all I could really remember were a couple scenes, so... And I had forgotten the lead, Mo Rutherford, who's a scream in this. Oh, God, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this thing was cast really well. The the uh, The script was was good enough yeah uh, you know it, it, the story moved they along have, they could have had a little more <clears throat> maybe tightened up a little bit of what the stuff was actually doing to people because it seemed kind of it's mind controlling it's addicting it moves on its own it's sort of smart it's not it's you know but yeah. that's only if you're getting nitpick nitpicky about it yeah it behaves uh, like the blob sometimes sometimes but, but not always yeah yeah um Okay, so the script was originally um, was an original story by Larry Cohen. Yeah, and uh, and he said my main inspiration was consumerism and corporate greed found in our country, and the damaging products that were being sold. Um, well, I'm glad that that's all been sorted out. Yeah, that's yeah. been sorted. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, uh, he said uh, I was constantly reading in the newspapers about various uh, goods and materials being recalled because they were harming people. For example. Um, uh, you had foods being pulled off the market because they were hazardous to people's health. And Cohen was particularly influenced by the sheer volume of junk food we consume every day. Hmm, that's also been sorted out. Yeah, thankfully. Um, it didn't used to all be at the checkout counter. You know, you had maybe mints and gum, but now yeah. there's a lot of sugar right now there. Now it's a whole grocery store. Pretty much. <laughs> um he was. Uh, he said, uh, we continue to eat these foods despite the fact that some of them are killing us. That's when I started thinking about, thinking that the stuff could be an imaginary product, in this case an ice cream type dessert that's being consumed by millions and is doing irreparable damage to humanity. Everyone is gobbling down this yummy food, so how could it possibly be bad for us? And uh, he originally wanted to cast Arsenio Hall as Chocolate Chip Charlie, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was kind of an up-and-coming actor and yeah, was clearly he, pretty he was... talented. On, uh, what was that? Coming to America? No, before that, that, uh... uh what else was he in? Star Search. Oh, was he? Did yeah, he do stand-up on I it? I think he was doing stand-up on Star Search originally. Yeah, his stand-up was pretty good for its time. Yeah. I don't know how that holds up. Um, New World Cinema, or New World Pictures, um, wanted to do a straight-up horror movie, and this was more of a satirical movie, you know, 
kind of comedy, but not really. Yeah. Certainly not a straight up horror movie. So they were not happy with it. Um, apparently Larry Cohen had enough control over the movie to make it the way he wanted. They gave it a limited theatrical release, mm. which means as few as 12 screens. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many they, they just put on the coast. And, yeah. 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 It's like LA and New York. Yep. That's all they need to do. Uh, yeah. Seattle and, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, this didn't do well theatrically because it didn't get a lot of, didn't get a lot of butts and a lot of seats. So it wasn't a hit. I saw it on video. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, you know, I don't know how it did on video, but, um, it maintains a 70% fresh rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Well, all right. Good for it. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed it. I recommend it. I'd yeah. like to see a, a straightforward horror oh, yeah. take on it, though. It would be nice if somebody who cared about it handled it. Yeah. I mean, this could... Rob Zombie's The Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. As, as long as his wife is in it. His wife rubs the stuff all over her body for 20 minutes or so. <laughs> and then dances. And then dances, and then there's some stuttery... Marilyn Manson effects. <laughs> That's right. And it's over. <laughs> Just wrote your movie, Rob. You're welcome. So uh yeah, I would recommend this to horror fans or to people who are looking for something a little different. Yeah. You know, it it's it's right in there for you folks who who uh who don't Do you like movies about semi sentient stuff that eats people from the inside? Yeah. This is the movie for you. Pretty much. I think this is, 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 is kind of a, if you like Joe Dante movies. It's, yeah, it's, there you go. Yeah, the feel of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's kind of, I can see that horror satire. Yeah, horror satire. Yeah, kind of eighty-five through eighty-eight. There's this, these kind of really nice-looking, well-produced films yeah. that that uh, seem to know what they are. Right, yeah. Gremlins. And, yeah, Gremlins. Yeah, I'd say this definitely has a Gremlins-like vibe. Yeah, for sure. And good casting. Um, yeah. Like I said before, a script that moves along nicely. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bore you for very long if it does at all. No, it just plods right along. Just. But I think non-horror fans could, could uh, play this in their little film festival. Yeah. So remember we talked about like if you were to program a, uh, like a little, a little uh, film fest for Halloween, mm. you know, however many movies that would be. We should make that list for next week because we're going to go see Halloween. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. But I think there's definitely something. Are you be- going to call it Halloween 2018? Hall- the fuck new Halloween? Hall- <laughs> or it's going to be fuck Halloween 2018. <laughs> Maybe. This is like Halloween 2, 3. It is, isn't it? Because it's, it's replacing all the other sequels. So it's Halloween 2. It is, really. But it's the third Halloween 2. That's mm. right. Halloween 2, 3. In, in In parentheses. Yeah. I, I, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically coming along saying none of those exist. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. It's supposed to pick up where the first one left off. Right. So it's replacing Halloween 2 and the other Halloween 2. The Halloween 2 from whenever? Uh, 1980? or 80 81. or whatever it was. Yeah. So it's replacing that with itself. Okay. And it is absolutely replacing Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 with itself. Yes. So, yeah. Um, 
so we'll be talking about that, but I think it'd be really, it would be fun to talk about like if you were doing one of your film festivals for some friends, Yes. what would so, it be? Yeah. Please send suggestions and, uh, or what, what you do. Yeah. We'd uh, love to hear from us. Parties. And also, uh, I'd like to invite people to, um, I think maybe around new years, we, we may be talk about things we'd like to see retired oh yeah we don't want to see again because like i think last year we talked about like uh you know someone looking in their bathroom mirror and seeing yeah yeah someone pops up in the mirror yeah like, uh, so i haven't seen that really this year but um there's there's a still a bunch of things that i'm kind of tired of seeing mm, okay yeah. i think uh the dead deer factory you know i wish you guys well but uh yeah no more dead please deers. go on to the, something else <laughs> yeah maybe there's some rodents I've seen dead deers in every movie yeah maybe they need to make like a lot of dead rats or dying rats yeah that could replace actual rats that don't need to get killed on camera so uh, do you feel like we covered uh, food related horror covered food yeah I, I didn't have an easy time finding food related horror movies but I'm glad that uh, that Jolien had other things besides the stuff yeah um yeah, so we we did it. We talked about food related horror. Right. And, and next week it's Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah. Halloween two. Three. Three. <laughs> Halloween two, comma three. <laughs> the new Halloween two. Yeah. It's gonna be Halloween two, the corrected version. <laughs> yes. And is John Carpenter involved at all? Yes. This? Yeah, he did the soundtrack. Oh is well yeah. I knew he did and the soundtrack. Executive produced. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. So he made money happen and probably made some big decisions i'm excited for his soundtrack yeah at least there will be that yeah and jamie lee curtis is in it yes and nick castle's in it only Mm -hmm. if jamie lee curtis is now the killer (laughs) yeah she's trying to be if she's stark raving mad at the end then then we're good (laughs) all right shall we end it there all right hey listeners thank you for listening stay off the moors